1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: This
3: is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! Play. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. We call our Friday edition the tailgate as we get ready for kickoff between Oklahoma and Kansas. A rather one-sided series as the Sooners have been dominant while Kansas has struggled quite mightily over the last couple of years so it's OU in Kansas this weekend at 2 30 and we'll get you ready with the return of the riders block Brooke Pryor will join us coming up later on in the podcast plus you'll hear from Baker Mayfield and Stephen Parker as well there was big news that broke last week there is a new name that will be representing the Sooners they are now part of the Jordan brand so we'll talk Jumpman with Joe Castiglione Toby had Joe C. on his show Friday. So it just missed the cut from the podcast for last week's because we tape on Thursday. So I wanted to make sure we got it in this week because it's really telling, it's really fun, and anytime you get a chance to get Joe C. on the air, we're going to do him. And then on Tuesday of this week, right as our podcast had dropped, the new college football playoff rankings came out. And good news, Oklahoma is number four, Bad news, some thought that they were going to jump a little bit higher. You know, I I say this a lot, I, I pretty much live on the internet, I am constantly looking for good good topics to get into, not just on the podcast, but on my radio show. I'm always looking for things to, to basically bring to sideline reports, studying the softball team, everything that's kind of part of my beat at the University of Oklahoma, and as I was digging and trying to find out more about the fourteen playoff, I remembered a guy named Adam McClintock. And Adam is on Twitter at CFB underscore professor. And he is an incredible follow from a statistical perspective when it comes to the obvious numbers of college football. And it's not about stats that we look at. It goes a little bit deeper. So in other words, Where we talk about completion percentage, they have the coaching index. And there's just a different kind of perspective on things. And so when the playoff rankings came out, I noticed in all the frustration from Sooner fans that Adam McClintock actually had the Sooners at four whenever he put together his numbers. So we'll try to pull back the curtain just a little bit to better understand exactly what goes into the four-team playoff rankings, the college football playoff rankings, and exactly what our mindset should be right now. Should we be angry? Should we be happy? Should we be worried or concerned? That's Adam McClintock coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. But uh, a couple of things real quick. Thank you for downloading at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Make sure to uh, subscribe. You can do so as well if it's through iTunes, if it's through Stitcher, if it's through Google Play, whichever way you consume podcasts, we have you covered at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And if you do subscribe through iTunes, please leave a comment, leave a rating, leave a, I guess a comment would be a review, but we appreciate all the feedback. And um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the open, but we love to hear from you. So the Twitter feeds to get in touch with us at OU on the air, at Plank Show. We love to hear Different angles you want us to discuss, different topics you want us to get after. You know, I I was holding on to this for a couple of weeks, and I, I meant to bring it up to Toby, but the, the DMs that we get, which give us perspective on the podcast, I wanted to give a big shout out to Ryan, who sent us a really nice message about the experience that he had with friends and, and family and his wife whenever they came to the Oklahoma game. So, Ryan, thank you for listening out. And Cal, you can always hit us up at OU on the air. I'm at Plank Show. Toby is at T Row. Ou. So before we get caught up in everything around OU football, the Jumpman brand, the playoff rankings, all that fun stuff, let's dive into the games. I had a chance to catch up with Baker Mayfield earlier this week, and obviously the excitement buzz was still around this crowd.
4: It was amazing. Uh, they were they were the big difference maker for us, and so I think uh, we we feel that energy. And then, like I said, they were the difference. I mean, they came out, they rose to the occasion. Uh, I mean, I heard some things that they were talking about. TCU was talking about how loud it was, and it affected them. So, I mean, that's that's
3: huge for us, and we fed off that. No reason to not carry it over, too, right? got Kansas this week and then West Virginia the following week. This doesn't have to just be a one-time thing, right? No, it shouldn't be just a one-time thing. I think everybody
4: had a great time doing that. You know, it's a lot of fun when everybody's involved, and when you feel a part of that success,
3: uh, everybody should keep doing it. Take me through the end of the first half. Was the plan to maybe kind of slow things down and lull TCU to sleep, or did that just kind of organically play out like that? You know,
4: when you're in that kind of situation against an offense like they have, uh, you wanna you wanna run out of a little bit of clock because you don't want to turn it over too quickly. In case you know you give them too much time on the clock, so it's about maybe getting a run play in, seeing if you can pop one. But then you know, getting a one on one matchup you can take advantage of, and we did just that with Marquise Brown, and then obviously Rodney Anderson right after. So um, we just we were able to take
3: advantage of that and just move the ball down the field. How excited are you for a guy like Grant Calcaterra to not only get his first uh, to get the touchdown catch, but to make a play like that? Unbelievable catch, you know,
4: put, putting it up there where, you know, I just, it's basically a jump ball for him, and then he just comes down with it. I mean, we got talented guys, but he's, he's a special one, so uh, I was obviously, I was pretty excited for him, pretty happy for him. What have you seen click in Rodney Anderson over the last few weeks? Uh, for me, it's just, I think it's just been his game experience. You know, he, he works so hard, but then each week he gets better and better, and I think that's just from experience. You know, he's been unfortunately hurt the past
3: couple of years, so he's just going to keep getting better, I think. Do you at all in your mind prepare for maybe seeing a team? Because you know it, there's a chance you get up in the Big 12 title game. Do you prepare at all during that game for maybe we might see this team again?
4: Uh, I would fully expect we're going to play TCU again. Um, you know, if we take care of our own business, which is the the one important thing right now, nothing else matters. But, yeah, I, I would expect
3: that we're going to play them or Oklahoma State, somebody somebody twice. Hey, final thought before we let you go. How do you feel about where this team is right now and the way that they've put things together the last few weeks? Um. Uh, very confident where we're at right now. I think uh,
4: we've handled our business, and, and we have our mindsets in you know, the right place, but it's it's about just keep winning. We can't listen to the outside noise. Everybody's going to want to pat us on the back, but we got to remember what where they were after the Iowa State game.
3: Focus on every single game. You know, you can't take anything for granted. This team learned that the hard way, and even if you look at the history, Against the Kansas Jayhawks and the one-sided nature of this series, Oklahoma leads the overall series seventy-four to twenty-seven with six ties. Sooners won here in Norman last year, fifty-six to three. They're riding a fifteen-game true road winning streak, but in the end, you can't take anything for granted. You can't just throw the jersey out there and expect to win. So good to hear that focus from Baker Mayfield. And on the defensive side of the football, Stephen Parker, man, what a senior campaign he's had. I hope everyone got to hear or watch the Coach's Corner last night as Kerry Cooks was just raving about the senior safety and his continued improvement. We obviously open with Steven Parker talking about that crowd. And, you know, the home crowd makes a huge difference for the defense. You know, the offense is out there. They get quiet so the offense can hear their calls and, and, and make it a little bit easier for Baker and crew. For the defense, that's where they feed off that energy. And obviously the senior from Jinx was impressed.
2: I mean, it was amazing out there. Uh, it was electric. I mean, that's exactly what we needed right there. Bay called out all the fans. All the fans came up and they showed up. So it was it was very exciting.
3: Can you even begin to put into words how much of a difference that makes? Like I said, sometimes it gets quiet for the offense, but you guys, do you feed off it?
2: We definitely feed off of it. I mean, that that's our energy right there on defense. I mean, if we get the crowd pumped up and the crowd is into it, I mean, it, 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 makes, it makes the offense's job so much harder, uh, you know, for the opposing team just to get their calls and signals in. But for us, I mean, it gives us more energy, it lets us fly to the ball, and like I said, it, it's a lot of fun whenever, whenever the crowd is rocking like that. We joked about it in post-game
3: two weeks ago how it was almost as if you were like a nanny at a daycare whenever you had all those youngsters out there with you, even more so on Saturday when from the start there's three freshmen in the secondary. First of all, how do you think they handled that moment?
2: They handled it very well. I mean, they, they all, they're, they're all ready. I mean, they're not pups anymore. They, they've been in the game. Um, they know exactly what they're doing. They just got to go out there and show up. And then the second part of that is they acted. I we talked to Trey
3: Norwood afterwards. It was almost like he just expected it to be there. What can you say about the confidence of these young guys?
2: Because it seems to be sky high. Well, the confidence has to be sky high. I mean, they practice with us. They know exactly what we're doing. I mean, it's nothing new to them. They just got to go out there and show out. And that's exactly what they did. They, they performed their butts off and they, they ran to the ball. They uh, executed and they did everything that we asked them to do.
3: What was the key to this defense really performing well on Saturday night? What really keyed that, you think?
2: Uh, just execution. I mean, a great week of prep- preparation with practice. Practice was great all week. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to need another big week this week just to improve and get better.
3: How much did it kind of really help fire people up even more when you got Will Johnson back in the second half? What kind of energy did that provide and how did that help you?
2: Uh, I mean, Will provides a lot of energy out there. I mean, especially with that third down stop that he had, that was huge for us, uh, you know, just to have him back in the secondary, another guy that, that can help those guys get lined up and and uh, basically another guy that can really just help, you know, take the pressure off a little bit. So Will did a fantastic job out there.
3: It really seems like that interior of the defensive line played well on Saturday night. And obviously Marquez Overton, your high school teammate, Talk about the energy that he's brought for you guys.
2: Uh, Marquise has brought a lot of energy to us, just like Debo has and DJ. Uh, all, the The whole front line, the whole the whole front defensive line, they brought a lot of energy for us, and they they provided a lot of. A lot of pressure and uh, made our jobs 20 times easier. I know it's a very general uh, question, but
3: to wrap up, how do you feel about where this team is as a whole right now? Probably one of the most complete performances we've seen from this team this year. How do you feel about where this team is right
2: now? I'm feeling very confident in this. This is exactly, you know, right right where we need to bloom. Uh, You know, it's championship November, everybody's showing up, everybody's ready to go, and uh, I feel like this is the right time.
3: Again, that singular focus. It's called championship November for a reason. Good stuff from Stephen Parker II. Hey, what do you say we jump into an early edition here of the Riders' Block to talk more about OU and Kansas? Out of the shotgun. Baker's got it. Going to throw again. Looks left. Looks back
5: right. He's flushed. Now lobs it to Anderson. 15 to the 10. Bangs off a guy into the 5. Still on his feet. And he's into the end zone. Get off of me. Rodney Anderson bouncing off frogs. They're running out of clock. Will Johnson's back in here. They've got to get to the 23 for a first down. Hill back to pass. Throws left side. Knocked away! Will Johnson, welcome back! And the Sooners have turned him over on down!
3: Statement made tonight in Norman. Final score, Oklahoma 38. And TCU 20. You know, we try to kind of mix up the different beat reporters we get on in the Riders' Block. We've had Eric Bailey. Uh, Ryan Abram was on a couple of weeks ago. T- Tyler Palmateer has been a fair, fairly regular guest here on the Riders' Block. But I feel like we haven't had Brooke Pryor on enough. So caught up with Brooke Pryor earlier today and kind of started with just that real simple question, what's been the angle that she's seen develop as we've kicked off this preparation week for OU and Kansas?
1: Yeah, you know it's a really weird atmosphere. At least like trying for me, trying to figure out how to write about this week is like you said. It's kind of there's been this emotional high and it's been really tense and there's a lot of you know stress and pressure the last couple of weeks. And you come into this week, and of course you know you never want to look up, look over any team, uh, but Kansas is pretty much uh, the most toothless uh, team OU's going to play all year. Um, but I think the biggest thing that helps. Playing Kansas at this point, a you need to get some guys healthy, but b with the college football playoff rankings coming out this week, that adds some motivation that you know might not otherwise be there during a Kansas week. Because with you know Kirby Hocutt and the college football playoff committee basically saying, you know, still OU's defense is keeping them from going any higher, and that loss to Iowa State really hangs over their heads. I think that that means, hey, we're really not going to overlook Kansas because one loss and this whole dream is over. And two, being ranked number four, you know, this is a, an opportunity for the defense to say, fine, you say our defense isn't good enough, we're going to go shut out Kansas on the road. Um, and I think that that's the way that, that they have to look at it to find some of that motivation.
3: That's a really good point. And while on Tuesday night, I think many of us were shocked to see Oklahoma at four and Clemson jump up to two, in the end, it's, it's good, right? Because – it's never bad to have people say nice things about you on the national level by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But, Brooke, you also still have that much-talked-about chip on the shoulder for this team.
1: Yeah, you know, I. it's funny because, you know, OU's ranked four, and from the reaction that I was seeing on Twitter uh, Tuesday night, it looked like they were, you know, ranked 25th. Um, just from, from that, oh, my gosh, how come OU's only four? But like you said, this team really feeds off that motivation they feed off of being slighted i mean you saw what happened in columbus earlier this season i can't believe it's been you know almost 2 months since that game um but but they when when the outside the national narrative says hey ou you're not good enough hey you're not like don't you there's no way you're going to make the college football playoff or you know if wisconsin wins out you're going to get left out that kind of thing OU says, okay, fine. Like we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to shut out Kansas. We're going to, you know, throttle West Virginia, all this stuff. And it adds that chip that like Baker Mayfield is fueled by it. Guys on the defense are fueled by it. Devontae Lampkin said that that's what contributed to that bull rush sack he had the other week. Um, you know, every team is motivated by slights like that. But for some reason, it's like the secret juice that just really gets OU going. So I, I think that's number four ranking might end up being one of the best things for OU.
3: Now, you couldn't help but think that quietly inside there was a little fist pump whenever they saw that from a handful of the Oklahoma coaches. How cool has it been to see Rodney Anderson develop? Brooke, I was – I was pleasantly surprised to see the run that he's had over the last couple of weeks, but even more intrigued whenever I got a chance to talk to him and to see how this guy has developed in interviews from post uh, Texas to where he is now. He's more comfortable. He's enjoying it. And the word that always comes to mind whenever I talk to this guy is humble. What an incredibly humble and low key guy.
1: Yeah, he really is. I mean, he was telling us after practice the other day, he doesn't have Twitter. He rides a skateboard to class. Um, He's, about is under the radar as you can be off the field and then on the field he's setting records he's scoring you know four touchdowns and a half he's just being a monster there Um, and I'm really happy for him you know I'll be the first to admit early in the season I doubted him I was looking at his numbers I was looking at the opportunities he was getting looking at how Trey Sermon and Abdul Adams were doing and I thought this guy I mean there's there's no way how's he gonna get on the field um you know two freak uh, season-ending injuries—you can't come back from that—and um, I hated it for him. I've gotten to know his family pretty well. Um, talked with his mom for some stories, and you know, I'm rooting for this guy with with everything that he's gone through. And I thought, well, it's just not going to happen. Maybe next year, maybe he'll transfer and find a place that fits him better that that has a has a spot open for him. Um, but boy, did he prove me wrong! Uh, since Texas really come on strong every single week, and like you said, like this confidence has continued to build and he's just so much more comfortable and it just continues to show on the field that suddenly there's, there's not that question mark beside his name. I mean, he's the starting running back. It's, It's his job to lose.
3: How fun – okay, let, let me add another fun guy that it's been to get to talk to, and I think it was the first time we've talked to him, was Devontae Lampkin. And you mentioned you had a great article that uh, <laughs> that had the headline, Fueled by Anger, and talking about Devontae Lampkin, you referred to it earlier. But this 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 guy's a character, and I think if he continues to progress, Brooke, he can be a big-time difference maker for this team.
1: You know, I think so, too. He He's a personality that I want to get to know more. Um, talking with him, he came into – the interview room the red room after oh, OU game against tcu wearing these gold flecked jeans that i just <laughs> i'm in love with uh and someone jokingly asked if we'd ever see mike stoops in them and he said i don't think so but now that you said it i kind of want to see it too um and he just he is so honest and so genuine um, and i think that sometimes those can be some traits that maybe get him in trouble a little bit off the field which is one of the reasons that He's kind of had a rocky start to his career, you know, a couple of suspensions. He had some academic issues, and you get the sense talking to the coaches that he's the biggest thing in the way of him fulfilling his full potential. He keeps getting in his own way, but I think the more that he matures and the more that he plays better on the field, um, kind of, you know, it, it kind of builds on itself, and he builds this momentum. Um, he's this player that. Just like an old-school, big defensive tackle. Um, We saw the bull rush. Haven't seen that in a while. And my favorite thing about him on the field is that net guard. I mean, it just feels so throwback and just pure defensive line. Like I just like everything about this guy.
3: Hey, Brooke, before I let you run as we get set for OU Kansas, you can't help but look back on what Saturday not only meant for fans having an atmosphere like that, the players to get the win, but a guy like a Travis DeGrate. And and I won't lie to you. As I'm doing the sidelines, I see this guy that's kind of waving the towel and getting the crowd fired up, and his name says DeGrate. I have no idea who he is. And I'm thinking to myself, "Is did this guy win a contest? Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I never heard of him." And then I read your article, and my jaw dropped in just awe of this dude and everything he's overcome. What an incredible story, and what an amazing moment for he and his family last week.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was I was watching the game. You know, kind of it was after a touchdown, and, and like you said, the guys are all on the sideline right, waving the flag, and I'm looking at the jumbotron, and all of a sudden I saw him on the jumbotron, and I was I went crazy. I was so excited. <laughs> Um, because, you know, with walk-ons, you never know if they're going to get to dress out. And he had told me, um, Friday night that he was going to get to suit up. He would be on the sidelines. That's awesome. And then he told me that he was going to be wearing an army t-shirt to warm up in. So like I get there early, I'm looking through my binoculars, trying to find him on the field and I don't see an army t-shirt anywhere. And my stomach, I just got a pit in my stomach and I thought, oh God, I have written this story. Like by this point (laughs) I filed it, like it's running. It says that he's out there. And I think, oh, my gosh, what? something's happened. He's not going to play. Like, you know, this is such a good story. He's in the National Guard. He comes from a single-family home. Like, he, he wants to serve his country and go to school and play football and, and all these things. And now he's not going to dress out. What am I going to do? Uh, and then I saw him when, when the linebackers went in, changed, and came back out. I'm still frantically scanning. I finally saw his jersey number 49. I thought, oh, thank God. Not only for my story, but for him, he had a whole bunch of family there. Um, they happened to come in. You know, his, his uh, grandparents are season ticket holders. His brother's an OU grad, or his uh, uncle is an OU grad, and goes to a couple games a year. And it just so happened that the family planned to come to this game, uh, didn't realize that it was going to be Veterans Day, didn't you know realize the magnitude of the, this game, and obviously you know, didn't know then that Travis was going to get to dress out um, and then it, they find out that all of this comes together, and it's kind of that perfect feel-good story. You know, he, he's not going to get on the field. He, he's not going to play in that game. But the fact that this guy, true freshman, you know, went to a couple different high schools in the area before he went to Canada to try to continue his football career, comes back, joins the National Guard, doesn't find out he can walk onto the team until, like, the first week of school. So, like, OU's preparing for UTEP, and he is, like, getting started in practice for the first time. Um, it's just one of those stories that, that makes me love my job and that I love telling people because otherwise, like you said, people look at me and be like, did, did you win a contest? Are you a manager that they gave a <laughs> uniform to? Like, who are you? Um, so there, and there's, there's a lot there. So I was excited that that all came together.
3: If you haven't had a chance yet to read Brooks' article at the Oklahoman on what I, and i think it's kind of funny to hear her story behind Travis DeGreat but if you haven't had a chance to read her Veterans Day story on OU walk on Travis DeGreat do yourself a, a a favor and just do it i mean it, it's it's a great read about a uh, an impressive young man and obviously a pretty incredible tribute paid by the University of Oklahoma all right so our focus on OU and Kansas will take a back seat for a, our final two interviews here toby the voice of the Sooners, the co-host of the game plan that you can download every single Tuesday, had a chance to catch up with Joe Castiglione, the boss of the Sooners, the athletic director, after the huge announcement was made last Thursday that Oklahoma would be, would be shifting from the Nike brand, though still under the Nike umbrella, to the Jumpman. They're one of three colleges, North Carolina, Ohio State, and now Oklahoma, to be represented by the Jumpman, the Jordan brand, and Joe C. takes us inside kind of what led into it and really all of the uh, talk and the buzz that pushed Oklahoma towards making this decision and wanting to be a part of the Jordan brand.
6: Well, we have uh, a fantastic partnership with Nike that goes back to the early 2000s. And, you know, as we've gone along, our, uh, you know, our partnership has strengthened, um, we've constantly been um, asking our partner to always keep us in the forefront with emerging uh, developments with state-of-the-art shoe, you know, so footwear, apparel, other equipment that they provide. And so it's really been an extension of a you know, long relationship, partnership, and, and quite candidly, a uh, philosophy to try and Always be on the cutting edge. Why
5: did you make the decision to do it? Why do you feel like Jumpman is better than just Nike, generic Nike?
6: Well, um, I don't know that one is, is necessarily you know put in the category of better. Um, it makes it sound like other Nike products aren't great, and they are. They're all... Um, Basically, you know, come from the same you know mindset. They're just different approaches. And in our case, um, we're still going to have a uh, wide variety of of Nike products that um, we use in the necessary equipment for student athletes, given you know the needs of of certain sports. So we still you know have a, a great. Um, connection and appreciation and, and uh, you know, an extension of that philosophy I just mentioned earlier. But with uh, this opportunity, it was a chance to, you know, be on the forefront as they start to um, expand the Jordan brand into areas where it hadn't been previously. You know, it's also, um, you know, an extension of the, you know, the great designer minds that exist, you know, in in, uh, Beaverton or wherever they are around the world, you know, the way the product is manufactured. And not only from a sports, you know, standpoint, you know, it has, you know, a connection to, um, you know, a broader fan base, which we're always trying to grow. So it's it's just another piece in a bigger puzzle of trying to strengthen the University of Oklahoma, most importantly, you know, as we provide those kind of resources for student-athletes and, and uh, our program overall, and then, you know, how we engage with our fan base. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask,
5: alleviate one concern for me. Promise me that this won't lead to clown uniforms in the future. You know, I'm very particular with my uniforms, Joe, so I got to know how this affects, the branding change affects the uniform, does it at all?
6: other than the logo? Right. No. No. Okay. No. Well, I think you see that we're we're probably m- much more on the conservative end right. of the alternate uniform craze than what we've seen. I, I'm not going to start providing editorial comment anymore, but goodness gracious, if you turn on half the games anymore on TV, you can't even tell who's playing each other, you know. You know, pink and brown for one school and and um, you know, y- yellow and something color you've never heard of before for another, and neither neither of those colors are the school's colors to begin with. it It's just gotten ridiculous. Um, I know some people think it's fun, and if that's what they like to each their own. but where we have an iconic, uniform approach, particularly in football, where Um, This uniform is readily recognizable and has been for decades. And most importantly, it's a fantastic-looking uniform. It really is. And so we uh, we will always have that as our primary focus.
5: I think one of the toughest things you do, Joe, is the balancing act between protecting tradition, which I think you've done as well as any school out there, versus being cutting edge for recruits. That's a tricky balancing act that you've got.
6: It, it is, Toby, and, and I think that's a very appropriate way to describe it. Um, we have to understand that we're, you know, a a program that's always trying to um, embrace, you know, what makes it great to begin with. We have great values. We have great tradition. We have fantastic people. Um, we have a lot, you know, that's part of a foundation upon which we continue to build a program. But on the other hand, you know, we also have to keep in mind of how we can get better and how we can in- continue to connect with as many people as possible. And, you know, there are certain things that come along that might seem like, you know, uh, you know, that thing to do for that moment, but we we have to run it through that filter, too, to decide whether or not, you know, doing something like that is is part of what we want to do or not. And there's been several things in terms of opportunities or ideas that have come our way, which we've said no to over a period of time, which just, just doesn't get a whole lot of attention. You know, it's just not something that we do. But on the, you know, on the other hand, when we have you know, opportunities to, um, to grow our program, and I, I will tell you this is – Rooted in what is best for the University of Oklahoma, and most importantly, our student athletes and those who develop them um, while they're on campus. Um, yes, you know, there's understandably discussion about how it relates ultimately to recruiting, but our job, you know, is to you know provide an opportunity that is absolutely world class for students and student athletes that come to the University of Oklahoma. So President Boren does, you know, across our campus with incredible growth um, in every one of our uh, academic disciplines, you know, the the, um, offerings we have for students and no different than what we're trying to do for the student athletes in every sport that we sponsor. And that's uh, trying to give them a chance to not only grow, develop, um, gain the skills that they're going to need to be successful in life beyond sports, but also to put them in the best position so they can consistently pursue championships while they're here on campus. And um, that's, you know, a combination of a lot of factors and a lot of people supporting us and partnerships like Nike make it happen.
5: Last question, Joe, Joe, and we'll let you go. Um, And this kind of, this may sound a lot like the first question I asked and maybe it's the same answer. I don't know, but could you give us, um, kind of some insight into the amount of research that goes into a decision like this this is a big decision does nike approach you with numbers on demographics for example of this logo or this brand has this sort of appeal to this age group all that what is the amount of research that goes into a decision like this
6: yes there's definitely some of that um, there's a uh, a combination of you know what it is you know that the the um, addition to our our partnership means um, in terms of the product that um, we can offer to our student athletes, you know, and how it it meets um, the needs they have now and going into the future. Uh, There's a business side of it, of course, you know, because, you know, this, you know, um, endeavor of providing state-of-the-art facilities and state-of-the-art equipment and state-of-the-art footwear and apparel, you know, is, is something that, you know, has to be acquired. And so we, um, you know, we have to, as you know, we're a self-sustaining element of our university and one of the only five, six programs left in America that can say that. And so we're trying to make sure that we can do this in a fiscally responsible manner as, as much as it is you know, a way for us to you know, join together to you know, make it possible. And a, and a Nike uh, relationship that we have in the business side allows us to do things quite candidly that we couldn't do just on our own. And so um, it's a mutually beneficial relationship that, uh, again, helps us provide those resources we need for, for our program.
5: Will you be wearing a jumpman fedora tomorrow, Joe? Oh,
6: well, um short answer no, but uh <laughs> th- that has been discussed down the road, Disappointing. And, you know. Just- um uh I do have a have one for tomorrow, but it, it's not a jumpman fedora. But Okay. Uh while you mention it, you know, even though this announcement was made uh yesterday, Toby, um the actual transition does not start until um, next academic year, so it takes time for all the uh, footwear and, and apparel to be manufactured. I'll just tell you—you know—you always like this little inside thing. We, we were, uh, we were intending on holding this announcement a little bit longer, but you know, life being what it is around here, there's just. Somebody that can't keep their mouth closed. You know, they just have to start telling somebody, and it started getting out. So we, uh, we had to come up with a creative way to go ahead and get ahead of it and announce was it. It wasn't me. You know, TJ, early, did
5: know. I tell you anything? You asked me yesterday. I asked I you. I've known Joe. for a while, Joe. I was trying to get information. I he lied to anything. me, he said he didn't know no. anything. So. I didn't know anything. I'm legitimately I ridiculous. had a lot of concerns with it, though. Joe's like a warm cup of cocoa. He's, he's helped me a lot today. So thank you, Joe. Yeah, okay.
6: <laughs> You know, in the long run, it's it's really a, a special thing for, you know, the, the University of Oklahoma. But it's not some significant departure from where we were, you know. And it's really just, you know, continuing to grow and expand and to, um, you know, just get better. And, and it's uh, one of the few universities in the country that uh, have this opportunity. So we're obviously... Exceedingly grateful to Nike, you know, who's been a longtime partner to Michael Jordan, to uh, who's you know doesn't just have his name on the brand; he is actively involved in this, and including this decision. And as you know, they they announced you know another couple other partnerships in the last year or so with Michigan and North Carolina,
3: Ohio State, North Carolina, Oklahoma. Obviously, only a handful of teams, but some pretty cool company for the University of Oklahoma. An exciting time. So we got, we've got we got some time. Your Nike gear will always be good, but jumping to Jumpman is going to be a really, really fun transition, and I think it's huge in recruiting. We wrap things up by talking a little bit about the four-team playoff rankings. As I mentioned, I live on the internet, and when I found at CFB underscore Professor Adam McClintock, I immediately... I immediately gravitated towards him. He's a really fun follow. Uh, he works a lot with CFB Matrix, which if you're not a numbers person, probably not the people for you, but if you like to try to find a statistical analysis as to why things happen, well, these are the guys for you. And I started by talking with Adam about the new rankings and if there was anything that surprised him.
7: I'm um, really not not really surprising. The only... Um the only two teams in the top 25 that I felt were maybe slightly out of place were LSU and Northwestern should have been flipped probably. But other than that, everything kind of lined up the way, you know, the committee, they once again performed like, like, like they have since the very first poll was released, you know, uh, three years ago. It's a, it's a behavior. It's a, it's a predictable behavior. And, and they followed that again
3: last night. Here's my frustration. You, you have it down. I guess I need to pay attention to you more because I feel like I feel like every week they kind of have a bit of a moving target. They say, Hey, the previous week's rankings don't matter, yet Clemson doesn't necessarily do anything to wow us. Miami and Oklahoma do, but they stay below Clemson. I don't am I missing something here in in maybe a numerical value that they're looking at, Adam?
7: Well, okay, the first thing is, you know, the whole eye test thing, that's that's garbage. They don't you know, you gotta think of how these guys are in their professional lives? They 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 are very successful and and, and their own careers, right? And they very don't true. have time to go to. They don't have time to go through and evaluate what let's say just fifteen teams, you know, um, and, and watch film, you know, put on tape and roll film on on fifteen teams. They they, they are together for forty eight hours to, to do this, so they have to have a very quick way to um, to separate. Teams out. Um, the way they do that is, and they've, you know, Heather Dennich has kind of re- re- reported on this a few times through the years. Um, they have a strength of schedule metric that they stick to. Um, it's it's uh, uh, a third of your opponent's uh, win percentage, or uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, two thirds of your opponent's win percentage and a third of your opponent's opponent's win percentage. Okay, that's their strength of schedule metric. It's not ESPN's FPI. It's not any other strength of schedule metric. That has been pretty consistently what, what they use. They also consider a quality win as a win against any team above 500. It doesn't matter. It, 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 so according to that, you could beat a 7-5 and a five Akron team, and that would be more impressive than beating a 6-6 six and six Kansas State team. That's that's just that's the way they look at it. It's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's, that's what... That's the behavior they've followed for the past three years. Also, you know the the top twenty five wins that they that they always refer to. They are not a top twenty five win at the time the game is played. It's at the time of the latest poll. Uh, so, okay. yeah. So so for example, Alabama their win against Florida State in Week One that doesn't that doesn't count as a top twenty five win. Even though even though Florida State was what ranked two, mm-hmm. in the season. That that doesn't matter. It's it's what are, you know, but what are those teams ranked in the, in the latest top 25 poll? So um, with that being said, Clemson, they have six quality wins compared to Oklahoma's three, okay, because Oklahoma ha- has only beaten three teams that have above a 500, uh, above, uh, or, or uh, have, have a winning percentage above 500, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that to them is more impressive outweighs the fact that yeah Oklahoma has beat three teams in the top 13 okay so that's that's kind of how they how they measure that
3: why don't they then just come out and say that <laughs> why do they yeah, I, I don't I don't understand that
7: i I don't understand that either i don't know why they have to be so um, opaque in this it, it doesn't need to be that way they, they they can say here's the metrics we're using we don't use i i test. we don't use anything else cuz we don't have time to mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. basically to be honest
3: well, and then oh. there, there's one other thing that I find interesting in this, and that is the conversation piece about Clemson not having its quarterback in the loss to Syracuse, even though he had played, what, a half of the game. I mean, is I, I, don't, I don't understand why that is so detrimental to a Clemson loss, but yet an Oklahoma loss to Iowa State, there's no mention of injuries there, or the fact that uh, Iowa State had debuted at, what, 14. In the first college football playoff poll, so how yeah. is that so damning to Oklahoma? But yet a loss in the road to an under five hundred Syracuse team isn't for for Clemson
7: because I, I don't believe that at all that they actually considered that. I, you know, I think that was just fluff he was throwing out there. Honestly, <laughs> I oh. I don't believe that that they that they considered that injury at all. You know, it, you know um, when I put this these these projections together, I don't know who was injured and who wasn't. I just look straight at the resumes. By what uh, they've said that they've used in the past, and it's it's extremely extremely predictable. The top fifteen, I was only off uh, three plot three places for fifteen teams. Wow! So it it's it, it's it's not you know they don't use the eye test. But the excuses they throw out there, I'm not really for sure why they do that because, like you said, it, it gives the image of, of a moving target. It it. it, it uh, doesn't seem that they're being transparent with people, and I don't understand why they, they they feel they need to do that. so I guess
3: more than anything, I mean and tell me if I'm crazy here based on what you've understood from your research, We need Kansas State and Texas to get above five hundred. They're both at five and five right now. Uh, it might not hurt. Well, I don't think Texas Tech can. You pick and choose two of those three. You're going to play a West Virginia team that's over 500. You got another matchup with either TCU or Oklahoma State, or I guess potentially West Virginia. But I mean, if you have to play West Virginia again, you're probably out of the mix. I don't know. Do we just have to root for those three teams to get under, get over 500 somehow? That would
7: help. That would <laughs> definitely help your profile because that that would that would jump you from from three quality wins to to let's see that that'd be West Virginia uh let's see Texas Kansas state and that puts you at six or seven quality wins there so that you know that would that would definitely have your profile that being said there's only one specific scenario that i can think of where oklahoma doesn't get in and that's if they so lose or not i mean, I mean if
3: oh beyond if they, they lose. win out yep. yeah yeah
7: yeah considering that, that that oklahoma wins out okay there's only one scenario right or i see them not getting in that's if if um Alabama and Georgia play in the, in the SEC title game and uh, Georgia beats Alabama in that game in a close game, then there's trouble because both the resumes, according to the, the way the, the, way the uh, committee looks at it, those resumes are both going to be better than Oklahoma's, right, wrong, or indifferent. So hmm. um, that would be tough. <laughs> you know? That would be tough because... In that scenario, I think Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and and uh, we'll, we'll get in. And if 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 Wisconsin wins out, then they'll probably get in as well. So it's that that is the only that's the nightmare scenario for Sooner fans.
3: Hey, Adam, real quick before I let you go, uh, everyone right. should be following you at CFB underscore Professor. But overall, for Oklahoma, do you feel good? where they are right now if they went out? I know you just laid out the nightmare scenario, but all in all, do you feel good about where they are?
7: Yeah, I, I wouldn't lose sleep if I was a Sooners fan. I mean, I like I said, that is a very specific scenario, and a lot of things have to happen in order for that to transpire. And, you know, it's it's uh, uh, that's just one scenario out of a number that could happen. Most of the other scenarios Oklahoma gets in, in some aspect, whether it be three or four. I don't believe Oklahoma will probably get the one or two seed, but I do believe there'll be three or four at that at the end of this thing.
3: So I guess the message there is nothing really to get too concerned about. And I think the more important message is for the Sooners, finish 3-0 and and you should be good. Busy podcast today. I want to thank Brooke Pryor, Stephen Parker, Baker Mayfield, Joe Castiglione, Adam McClintock, and most importantly, thank you for downloading and subscribing. To the Sooner Sports Podcast. Toby will rejoin us on Tuesday. We will recap OU and Kansas. And, man, here we are wrapping up the podcast. And we haven't even talked about probably the most exciting thing going on on campus. And that's this basketball team. Both the men's and women's programs putting up over 100 points this week. Trey Young already won a 50 for the John R. Wooden Award. I mean, this is going to be a fun year on the hardwood. The women start out 1-1. and The men are 2-0. and Get your tickets to OU Basketball right now. You definitely will want to be a part of it, and we'll talk about it much more on the Sooner Sports Podcast next week. So until Tuesday, everyone have a great weekend, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This
5: has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast.